0: Welcome back to Live, Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry. We're speaking this segment to a friend of mine, Congressman John Curtis, who joins us on the line now. Congressman, sir, how are you?
1: Good, Lee. Good to speak with you.
0: Let me ask you, have you been able to see those jets fly over yet?
1: Uh, I have not, but I've been pinned to, to my computer so that I could call you.
0: Okay, very good. Well, I'll tell you what, I have, I, I admitted earlier on that I, I've been locked in my office here all day long, wasn't able to see them myself, and I made a plea out to the listeners that if they were able to get out there with their cell phone cameras or whatever uh, to send me... Uh, just some footage or a picture or something uh, just so I get a taste of that cool sight to, of F-35s flying over Utah, saluting down to the uh, the first responders and those on the front line. Uh, and they've done so. So if you're curious, sir, you make your way over to the Lee Lonsbury Facebook page. You'll right. see uh, plenty of clips of what's going on uh, in the skies over Utah today. Uh, but listen, uh, t- time is tight. I want to get right to, to this conversation. It, it, it's twofold. You the other day Uh, tweeted that you believe that not only will small businesses in the country and state survive the COVID-19 crisis, but they will thrive in the post-coronavirus world. Will you talk to me for a moment about your rationale there and what gives you this type of optimism?
1: Well, first of all, I think sometimes in government, we feel like we're the solution to the problem. And and I've been very clear that it will be our small businesses who solve uh, this doldrum that we're in right now, not the government. And uh, we, we we've got just this um, really unique situation where the government has all but crippled and, uh, and destroyed our, our small and large businesses across the country, and and yet uh, these are people that um, are creative, they work hard, um, they they wake up every morning wondering how they're going to keep the lights on, and come up with with, with ideas. And I, I just I think they're the, the secret sauce. And I'm, I'm so pleased that in my district we're over 90, 95% small businesses uh, because I really do believe uh, that, that they're the magic.
0: A colleague of mine last month did a story when it was uh, becoming clear that there would be a number of businesses in in Utah that either by order or recommendation that they would need to close their doors for a time, including uh, some businesses where, you know, human contact is very close, uh, the the hair salons and the nail salons. Uh, Here's Matt Rascogne real quickly speaking to the owner of a nail salon. You just don't know. It's normal business hours. It's just all so uncertain
1: during what should be the most profitable time of the year at Nailed Boutique. This is my busy season. Instead, there's no covering up.
0: It is hard walking into an empty building.
1: What's been on owner Trisha Benyon's mind for the last month.
0: You know, within really the space of a week, I went from assuring them we are staying open to being, we're shutting our doors. I, I play that only to illustrate just what you described, sir, the, the uncertainty which exists now. And uh, i just like to, to echo Your attitude that the the grit and the stick-to-itiveness and the creative, entrepreneurial nature of so many Utahns, I do think that once we are on the other side of all this, that we will have a new resolve, we will have new wisdom, and that the Utah way, as described by Governor Herbert in this press conference, uh, will prevail, and we're going to have a great time on the horizon.
1: Yeah, totally agree.
0: Second point I want to talk to you about. It's a little awkward, and it's going to sound self-serving. It has to do <laughs> with uh, it, it has to do with the the business model uh, of, of media outlets, uh, not just uh, my employer, KSL News Radio, uh, but uh, but radio stations, television stations, and newspapers around the country on the local level. One of the promises that we've made here at KSL is that we will be uh, the listener's constant companion. Part of that uh, involves our responsibility to deliver information uh, as it becomes available. We have heard from the governor uh, of this state that we're going to be transitioning from uh, a state of high risk to tomorrow, uh, a state of orange or moderate risk. Uh, and that information is you know, it's valuable to folks. Uh, as, as listeners, uh, I feel, I'm sorry, in my position, I feel a, a duty and a responsibility uh, to bring that uh, information to the the listener. And that is the duty and responsibility of all broadcasters, of all folks in media, print, television, or radio across the country. And yet uh, it is businesses like that, that face the same realities and the same business uh, challenges that are being faced by everyone else, and yet they have uh, this added responsibility of delivering information. We need to deliver our product, and we need to do it in the same manner as we did yesterday, but we need to do it in the midst of uh, these challenges. That led you, sir, to to sign a letter uh, along with uh, dozens and dozens of your congressional colleagues and send that letter to, to President Trump. Talk to me for a moment about that letter and what prompted you to sign it and send it to President Trump.
1: Well, I'd like to point out and emphasize a couple of things that you've said, that this is bipartisan and it's bicameral. There's a, a, a companion letter in the Senate. Most of us feel far more comfortable with our local news source than our national news source. We trust it more. These are the voices that we know, the personalities in our community. And The letter is simply to acknowledge that, like everybody else in the economy, that our media outlets have a, a, a serious challenge. And that is the revenue of their customers, who would normally advertise on the air, is, is cut dramatically. And therefore, they're cutting their expenditures. And we can't leave out media in our our rush to be helpful. And so we, those of us who have signed the letter are, are just simply saying, look, we're not asking for additional funds. Where These are funds that are already allocated. We want to make sure that our local media outlets are getting their portion of this. So that you can keep doing, uh, just like you so well articulated, every day, uh, keeping us informed, uh, letting us know what's going on, helping us navigate this very very difficult situation.
0: That's outstanding. How, how does uh, uh, how does your relationship with uh, with media outlets facilitate your role as a member of Congress?
1: Well. That's a great question because I, I, I'll, I'll admit here sometimes it's a love-hate relationship. Of course not with the KSL, but
0: I, <laughs> hey, you, hey, you but, speak freely here, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> no,
1: but let's let's just admit. I mean, uh, if if you um, are afraid um, of the truth, you're going to be afraid of, of media, and we don't get it right every day and every time as Congresspeople and. Uh, let's, let's be frank. You guys are there to to make sure the public knows when we get it right and when we get it wrong, and it it cuts both ways. And so, you know, I'm I'm, I'm I have days when sure it's like, oh my gosh, can everybody not listen today? <laughs> <laughs> and and I have days like, well, I sure hope everybody's listening. But the reality of it is that that's one of the roles that the the media outlets play. And I'll come back to this this local uh, level. Many of the people in Utah don't care what a congressman does in, in, in Des Moines, but they sure care what one does in Utah. And, and so the, the local uh, outlets are just critical in people's lives for, for knowing and understanding what's happening in their lives
0: outstanding uh, congressman curtis i'm grateful to you for your time I'm grateful to you for sending that letter uh and again like i said i don't sound self-serving but the truth is uh the the value of uh you know my colleagues in not only this market but across the country is, is unique we perform a different role than like the cnn's and the fox is. we're the ones uh speaking to your neighbors and the owner of the business down the street and the local officials so uh, I, I am appreciative uh, to you sir uh for acknowledging that and you along with your colleagues uh, communicating that same acknowledgement to the president. Congressman Curtis, my guest, thanks again. Thanks, Lee. You heard the congressman there mention that there were two letters sent to the office of President Trump. One, uh, which he signed, and another, a companion uh, letter, which was sent by members of the United States Senate. Uh, That, again, was a bipartisan effort. That letter focused specifically on the needs of rural broadcasters, uh, rural radio, television, and newspapers. We're going to be speaking when we come back to a man named Gordon Smith. You've heard that name before, I am sure. He is currently the president and CEO. Of the National Association of Broadcasters. In a past life, he was a United States Senator of Oregon. He'll be my guest next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. In the final segment of today's program, we're gonna talk uh, we're gonna continue the conversation which started with Congressman John Curtis in the segment which preceded this, and we're gonna move into the rural areas. My guest this segment is Gordon Smith. He is currently the President and CEO of the National Association of Broadcasters. In a past life, he was a United States Senator for over a decade, representing uh, the state of Oregon, uh, has been a businessman, a a father, and a graduate uh, of Brigham Young University, my own alma mater. Uh, And so with that, I welcome you, sir, to the program. Thanks so much for making time for us. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's good to be with you, even if only by audio. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you this. You may not remember this. A number of years ago, I was a I was a congressional staffer, walking in a, working out of Washington D.C. And I made my way to the uh, the NAB conference and was lucky enough to attend a lunch with you. Uh, you shared some remarks. You talked about the industry of broadcasting and the importance of the role it plays in a community. And if I'm honest, uh, from then and drawn from some other experiences of my own life, uh, I, I've been more and more motivated to get back into this business and continue. Continue the work uh, that I do today. So let me, uh, even though I didn't get a chance then and really understand what I was learning at the moment, thank you for the, the words you shared with me for a few years ago at that luncheon, sir.
1: Well, it, it's my pleasure, and you're in a great medium in radio. Radio is, I describe it as an indispensable and really irreplaceable industry because it brings great content, great great entertainment, and, and desperate times, emergency information, And uh, obviously, it's free to everybody that that has an antenna driving to work and at home. Uh, So you're part of a great industry. And uh, like many industries right now, it's suffering with this coronavirus thing because in many places, listenership is up, certainly with television the viewership is way up, but uh, advertising revenues, uh, which it is wholly dependent upon, in the case of radio, has, has just collapsed, and uh, that's just a terrible situation. But we're 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 uh, trying to get through it.
0: Yeah,
1: it, and there there are beyond
0: thank you uh, there are unique challenges uh, which are being experienced right now by rural broadcasters the the information and the reliance on uh, broadcast mediums and local newspapers is all the more important in the the more rural areas where the the challenges are more specific where uh, you know maybe the hospital is not as nearby and so it's important to have uh, up- to the minute information and those broadcasters in the more rural areas they you know as you've described and it's a hundred percent true Uh, are facing uh, these types of challenges. To that end, a number of United States senators uh, got together, signed their names of both parties, a bipartisan effort, uh, signed their names to a letter which was sent off to the the Office of Management and Budget, to the acting director over there, uh, with a plea on behalf of these rural broadcasters. What can you tell us about that? Well, I,
1: I can tell you a lot because the National Association of Broadcasters was behind trying to organize this letter, um, and I would say you just mentioned some great U.S. senators of both parties, and I heard you mention John Curtis, who is a terrific congressman that, that I've been privileged to get to know and a great representative of the state of Utah and the Provo area and its surrounds. But that letter uh, really does highlight just how important it is in rural areas, especially where people are are highly dependent upon their local radio stations. I I live in Pendleton, Oregon, when I'm not in Washington D.C. and wheat and KUMA, these ag stations are on all the time on everybody's pickup, mm-hmm. everyone's kitchen to find out what the local news is, what the weather's going to be, and it's a, it's a central electric thread in tying together rural communities and. Uh, you know, unfortunately, Main Street in in small communities has simply shuttered, and that, of course, is where they get their income. It's a hundred percent of their income because they need to advertise that commercial information that brings people into their stores and uses their services. So it's a real problem, and and obviously, we're trying to get the government to recognize how vital uh, a link this is. Uh, to our nation, to our states, to our communities, and we're asking them to advertise to help fill in the gaps uh, and uh, to uh, do whatever else they can to include uh, uh, media generally, but radio specifically in these relief efforts.
0: Outstanding. Uh, well, sir, I'm grateful to you for being behind such an important effort like this. Uh, you mentioned those two stations, they're local to you in Oregon. Can I ask you a question? Do, do, do either of them do Tradio uh, on Saturday mornings? I don't know. <laughs> When I,
1: I I should know that, but I don't know that.
0: So one of my one of my very first jobs in this industry w- was working for uh, it was an AM country western radio station. Uh, very rural. Uh, it was the agricultural station. We would do the agribusiness report. I would do uh, the the agricultural news updates. We talk about weather. The farmers would call in uh, from time to time, and we'd uh, shoot the breeze and play country music together. And then on Saturday mornings, it was tradio, and it was the my highest honor in broadcasting thus far uh, was to field calls from folks who were looking to sell uh, trailers or toasters or uh, compressors or generators and connecting them with uh, folks in need. It was a wonderful, wonderful thing. And to be connected with folks uh, that closely and that honestly and frankly was, was really a treat. And I, uh, I, I always like trading notes with folks uh, who, who, are, who are up on uh, local rural agricultural radio.
1: Well, I'm going to try to find out from K. Week and K. whether they, whether they do that because I, I think that's a tremendous idea. And another example again of what I describe as an electronic thread that ties a community together and that's radio. And, and it, it's so especially important in rural areas where people have a lot more dirt between light bulbs than people in the city and they need that connection. And so. What you're a part of, Lee, in, in radio and rural radio especially, is is a great public servant. One of the things I love about broadcasters because I, I sort of grew up in a, a family of public servants. Uh, you, you're you're weaned on the, on the ethic that you're supposed to leave your campfire better than you found it, mm. and uh, and and people in radio, people in television, people in broadcasting generally, they really do come with the heart of a public servant. And uh, so I, I salute you for that and for all that you're you're doing there at KSL.
0: Well, I'm relatively new to this game, so I hope to live up to what you've just described, sir. Uh, Gordon Smith has been my guest, president and CEO of the National Association of Broadcasters, uh, former U.S. Senator, Brigham Young University graduate, uh, fine and wise man. I'm grateful to him uh, for his time. Sir, thanks again.
1: Thanks so much for having me, and all the best to my, my friends in Utah.
0: That's the way. Uh, all righty, that's going to do it for today's episode of Live, Mike. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Uh, some fascinating updates. Uh, we're going we're gonna to go to bed tonight. We're going to go to bed tonight uh, under the high-risk classification, red. And when the minute hand just ticks past 12 o'clock, 12.01, uh, we will be moving into a new world. Uh, a world of moderate risk, a world where we still have to exercise prudence and caution and patience and uh, social distancing. we got to keep wearing those masks. We need to do all of the good things which have gotten us to the point in which we find ourselves now. Uh, but we can relax a little bit, a little bit. We can hang out with our family. Got to keep those groups under 20. We can maybe find ourselves in the dining room of a restaurant. I am so looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to seeing some family this coming weekend as well. Anyway, that's going to do it for me uh, today. I'm going to step away. Next up, Jeff Kaplan's afternoon news, uh, where he will bring you updates and information important to you and your loved ones. Tomorrow, uh, we're going to have some important conversations with folks. In fact, uh, we're going to be looking at what's going on with Kim Jong-un. Uh, kind of missing, right? Uh, well, we're going to have an expert on to share with us exactly uh, what it means to the region and what succession could look like in North Korea. I'm going to step away. Next up, Jeff Kaplan's Afternoon News here on KSL.